What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Aboutcast. It's been a minute. We've traveled. It's a new decade, which is crazy. And you guys are tuning back in, and we appreciate that. As always, Aboutcast is written and produced by myself, Julian, and my co-host, Jordan. Jordan, how are you doing today? Dude, I'm so good. So happy to be back on this podcast. And to be honest, I'm feeling like I'm taking on 2020 with like a different focus. It's a, It's been a good start to the year, and I'm ready to continue this winning streak. How about you? I agree. I think as much as I'm not a person who likes to just have certain time frames establish me as a human, I think a new decade is always a great place to start in some cases. And I feel like I'm trying to better myself moving into 2020 by trying some personal goals, reading a bit more, going out of my comfort zone, and just trying to do things that maybe the old Julian wouldn't have done. And I think it's off to a great start. Um, And with that being said, I think what we're going to provide today in terms of content, it could be beneficial to basically anyone in any industry. And we're going to be going over another book review, this book being Indistractable, How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life by Nur Eyal. And so with this book, I think that it's it's actually kind of more of a field manual from from what I've gotten from it in the fact of it's a really real um, and down and like instructional guide to being less distracted and being more focused. And I think that everybody can take something out of having the ability to really deep dive in some things and with with being able to be distracted and, um, you know, escape so easily with kind of having computers in our pockets and being able to explore the world in very different amounts of ways. I think that being distracted is almost an epidemic in a sense of a lot of people are being distracted and it's cutting down on some really effective time for creativity and drive and some serious personal growth. Not that being distracted isn't bad, but I think that it's always there's always a balance between being distracted and um, having traction in doing whatever you do. And so right after this quick break, you're going to figure out how to be the most focused person in 2020. All right. Welcome back to another episode of Aboutcast. I hope you enjoyed that quick break. Uh, you know, me and Julian were chomping on the bit and excited to get back to you guys after that one. And so without further ado... Let's jump into the book. So the thing about this book is I've only read Indistractable, Nariel's second book. He has his first book, which is Hooked, How to Build Habit-Forming Products, while as you can see on the opposite end, Indistractable is about how to control your attention. So it's almost a response or the other viewpoint from his original book that he received you know, great things about and some people utilize for their products, but also didn't provide the other side of the argument on how to avoid or not get trapped by these products. Because when you look at what you use a day-to-day life, some of those things are using much, much more and spending more time on than you should be. And that's because they're designed that way. So an example, Jordan, what's one product or app or software that you use more often than you should? I think that that would be um, YouTube. 
And the reason why is even though that I get a lot of important and like smart information from YouTube, there is a lot of like mindless things that I do on there. So I'll watch like people play video games in my downtime when, you know, before I go to bed or, um, you know, just kind of like browse and watch things that, to be honest, don't really interest me much. And so I'd say that that's one of them. I'd say Reddit's another one, um, you know the kind of like the quintessential ones, right? Right. And I think when you look at, we'll use the example Reddit. Reddit is designed in a way to reward, subtly reward and maintain the attention of the user. So when you look at the layout of Reddit, you look at it as almost a digital slot machine in a way that a lot of these are set up. You're continuously scrolling. There's no breakage in that scrolling. It's loading. You're waiting. Maybe something better is going to come along. You find it. Maybe something better after that. You can be rewarded by reading funny comments. If you make a post, you can get rewarded that way. And it's across all social media. So it's playing into the human psyche of being rewarded and wanting more. And there's actually a class at Stanford designed for these products. And that's kind of what Nuriel talks about in his first book, is how to build products that keep users engaged longer, because the longer a user is engaged with your product, the more money or more potential you have to keep them as a lifetime customer. So if, say, you make an app, right, and you sell ads on that app, every time someone sees an app, you make five cents. The more and more time they spend, the more and more apps they see, the more and more revenue you see from your app. And that's how those are designed, right? You can sell more ad space, you can spread more information, and that's how that attention um, is getting taken from something, maybe it's homework, it's getting taken away from your homework and placed into an app. And that's kind of the first basis to understand where distraction can be coming from in that scenario. And I think that um, it's, it was really smart of you to bring up the Rael's first book, Julian, because it is like, as you can see, it's going to be a dichotomy of these two things. First, Ray is talking about um, drawing eyes to uh, so something specific um, in a business sense to make um, commercial advantage. So as in money through ads, like you said. And now this book, Indistractable, is about those eyes kind of regaining their freedom in a sense. And I think that that is um, really important to distinguish, one, and two, really important to understand that I feel like, to be honest, like I think the battle is the fight is against us as consumers, being that um, there's tons of techniques and tons of ways to draw us towards something kind of like a moth towards a flame. Um, but there isn't a many guides to, um, you know, creating, creating, uh, either habits or systems that allow us to draw away ourselves. So I think that this book is something that, um, you know, is it's almost overdue in a sense because it's, it's a, you know, it gives us some sort of weapon in the fight, which is really important because these guys are have some pretty big guns when it comes to being able to distract us. Right. 
and you look at all the data that's presented to them to make these products, that data covers every region, every demographic, every race, every tendency that is there. There's billions of people using social media or media in general that data is being collected. And one of the big concepts that happens here, and Jordan kind of alludes to, is obviously where the moth being driven to a flame. You have to find out what that flame is, so to speak. And so in Indistractable, one of the main ideas is this chart. And this chart essentially is set up um, with an x-axis and a y-axis, standard four-dimensional or four-plane chart. On your x-axis, on the left side, you have distraction. On the right side of the x-axis, you have traction. And on the y-axis, on the top, or where north would be, you have an internal triggers. And on the bottom, or the south, you'd have external triggers. So if you place yourself on that graph, you have to then understand where is this idea or this thing or this action taking me. So here's an example. You have notifications set up on your phone and it buzzes, right? That's on purpose, the way it buzzes, the frequency, how often. And it's just a buzz for a message on Facebook. And little Susie says, I got you a cake. Based on what you're doing that day, in that time frame specifically, if you're supposed to be finishing your dissertation or you're working on an email to send to a prospective investor or to you're not doing anything, depends on where you're at, that is most likely leading to one, an external trigger because that trigger was sent by your phone and two, it's most likely a distraction pulling away from a task or an idea that you should be doing. And that's kind of the layout of that plane. And so as you guys are thinking about this four coordinate uh, or four quadrant um, graph, you got to think of like, like Julian said, which is, I think, pretty well explained. You got to think, um, you know, not only the immediate actions that are going to set you up for um, either that traction or distraction, because um, obviously you'd want to get to the, you know, as high as you can and to the right as you can is the more focused you are. But also you want to think about what are these moves going to do to or, you know, what are these choices are going to do to my distraction or traction um, for the next hour? Not the immediate future, but almost like the future, you know, to come. So yeah, you can put your phone on airplane mode right now, but what is that going to do in 23 hours when you take it off and you have a flood of messages or like notifications? So I think it's also being like quite thoughtful with um, obviously a guide, but um, more, you know, I think it also to get the most out of what it's saying is to think about, you know, the long game in a sense. So more of Get this conceptual idea of events will make you more distracted or less distracted in your life. So you got to set it up as in, um, in this point in my life or this period in the day, I am more than happy to be distracted. And in some periods, you're, you know, you don't want to be distracted at all and more focused. 
So that's kind of another thing that I think is going to be beneficial to you listeners, as in um, not only look at this as I want to be focused all the time, um, which is, is extremely hard, but I want to be extremely focused at this certain time. I think that that's the key. Exactly. And without giving away too much of the book, one of the things that they offer or NUR offers as a suggestion or a tip is to essentially hack back these external or these triggers, right? So when looking at external triggers, as we've been touching base on notifications, as opposed to internal triggers being your personal feeling, urges of distraction, um, anxiety, et cetera, that may draw you away or draw you to something, to hack back external triggers, you have to defend your focus. So you have to expect, right, say you're working a desk job and you get emails throughout the day. The quicker, the faster you respond to those emails and the consistency is what people are going to expect from you and you're internally going to expect that as well. So you get that external notification of email and you send it, send it away right away. So over time, you start getting a lot of distractions. You're constantly checking your email because you know internally that people are expecting you to respond fast, to respond quickly. And so in this example, NERS talks about instead of instantly getting back to that email, setting aside a time in your day or your workday or a slot of a certain portion of that day to respond to your emails. So that way, if you get in at eight o'clock, and you don't get off till five, you aren't sending emails every hour. Maybe you only reply to emails at 10.30 and 2.30, if that's doable in your day-to-day, or maybe it's once a day. So that way people can expect you're gonna reply, it's still on time, it's still by all standards efficient, but you aren't being pulled away every 30 minutes to respond to an email. And the same thing goes for group chats at your work or desktop notifications, either getting out of the group chat or scheduling, hey, I'm only going to look at my group chat right before break, or I'm only going to set up notifications for things that are urgent. Once again, these are external triggers, but being able to hack back that and take your own personal time and say, I am indistractable during these periods of time is going to help you get that focus refined and in a habit to where you can commit to three solid hours of that report you need to do or that graph you need to make or that edit on that podcast you need to do without being distracted every 30, 15, 45 minutes with an external trigger. So Julian, I'm curious to get your take on this. Do you think, um, you know, that you can create internal triggers that get you more focus. So it seems like triggers are external triggers. Um, obviously, usually they'd be distracting. They could also be, uh, you know, traction building. And so does internal triggers. Um, are there any steps that you've taken to kind of build or bolster up your internal triggers to help you stay focused? I think... In in terms of internal triggers, when we're looking at the top of this graph, those things, first of all, to understand those psychological um, and internal triggers, that's usually coming from boredom, 
you know, some negative negativity, rumination, um, anxiety, etc. So first, before you can conquer them, you have to understand where they're coming from and how you're built as a person that is creating them. And once you understand where that's coming from, you can take a look at those internal triggers and say, you know, is this internal trigger pulling towards the distraction on the left-hand side due to boredom? When I could flip that outlook and say, you know, maybe you're looking at something, oh, this is boring. Um, I'm looking at this 30-page statistical report on why penguins don't like to drink Coke in the winter. Um, But from there, you can say, okay, maybe I'm looking at two broad strokes. Maybe you, you take that boredom and say, what if I really look into one page and become kind of geeked out on this one page for 45 minutes? And if you can set your mind to do that, to understand, okay, I'm challenging myself instead of just starting nowhere, I have somewhere to start and I can use that and grow upon that 45 minutes to lead me towards traction. And so after that 45 minutes, you've looked at one page or five pages in depth without being distracted and flip that internal trigger of yours from boredom to, um, you know, kind of excitement about a topic that you haven't thought about before. Yeah, no, that's, I think that that's well said. And that's kind of what I was trying to get at in the sense of um, internal triggers are what you create. And some of them, some emotions, you know, I think that emotions are, um, they are fleeting. um, And, but they also kind of create themselves in a sense. If you, if like, you know, if you've ever just felt something, or, I mean, that's why they're called feelings, I guess. It's not because you, you know, necessarily, you know, set out to create them in most cases, even though you can. But I think that what what is important with kind of internal triggers is that you frame something differently. And I think that was the key to the example that you set was instead of saying, like, why am I reading this report about how, you know, penguins drinking habits? Um, it's more like. All right. So reframe it as an, I'm going to be an expert at this page or, you know, this report so that now my feelings of, you know, like going through page and page is more excitement that I'm striving towards my goal of being um, the expert at this instead of kind of like wondering why this is even, why this is even a task that I'm doing. So I think that when it comes to internal triggers, um, it's it takes practice and it takes time. But reframing, um, you know, what you set out to do, your goals, your why, in a sense, um, is as important as, um, you know, is even more important in a sense than creating an environment where you try to eliminate all triggers, um, especially internal triggers, because those are the ones that I feel like if you make a habit to you can, those will be an asset. Absolutely. I agree. And lastly, here, when we look at the external internal triggers, distraction, traction, a lot of people think this just relies to work um, or to your goals. But you have to think in a lot of scenarios as technology advances, it makes its way more and more so into your personal life. And so we've all seen the movie trope where the dad 
isn't in touch with his family because he's always reading emails and always on business calls and um, always making that a priority and isn't scheduling time for his family, as odd as that sounds, or making it a priority, that's also a distraction. So these, what we've talked about in short here, doesn't mean just work, but it's all things in general that could be pulling you to distraction or traction from a certain moment. So yes, that could be work, or it could be your daughter's or son's recital of some sort. It could be game night with your significant other. It could be whatever that is. Being able to harness and understand where you are at certain times, if you're being pulled towards distraction or traction, and if that's coming from something outside of your control or inside internally, can put you in a better place to help develop that focus to a place that you're comfortable with. You know, you don't have to be laser focused like a cyborg all the time. You just have to know when you should be focused as opposed to when you should just kind of be willy nilly freeing about. You know, um, a little bit of a side note and then I'll get back to the subject. But why don't people say laser focused like a laser? Wouldn't that make more sense? You know, I don't I uh, my guess would be it's too on the nose. That's just my guess. I guess. Yeah. It's like, well, you know, there's nothing clever about that. It's just very literal. But I get, you know, lasers are really focused. Um, if you get the right one, of course. But no, I agree. Um, this is a skill that you can use not only to get work done or to get, um, you know, tasks checked off, but to be more aware of your life and I mean, I know that it's been popular for the last couple of years is kind of like mindfulness and meditation and things like that. But I think that this is in the same realm as far as just increasing your overall awareness and in doing it in specific times in the day where, you know, the less distracted you are, the more aware of yourself and your surroundings you are as well. So um, I think that that is something that, you know, everybody can excel at in an environment where you're not um kind of or when you're in an environment where you're more aware of your surroundings yourself and the task that you're doing you're going to perform better it's simple it's like you know trying to read a book in like peace and quiet um uh, compared to reading a book at a rock concert it's it just makes more sense um so i think that this is something that you know, you don't have to be a taskmaster to get something out of this book specifically. Um, you just need to be a human being trying to get get through life. And that's what makes this book super cool and, um, you know, a really good uh, benefit to read as far as what I've gotten from it. And, you know, my interaction with it is its applicability as a human being to almost any any realm or anything you want to do or try. Yeah. Slap it on a T-shirt, guys. Don't read books at rock concerts. Um, we hope this was helpful in some regards. If you're looking for the book, it's on Amazon, Kindle, it's everywhere. It's called Indistractable. Um, let us know what you thought about this topic of kind of cutting out those distractions or how you personally handle them. Um, but Jordan, I wanted to quickly ask, what is one piece of cool content that you saw this week? Um, so I've, okay, that's a good question. I think that one really cool piece of content that I saw this week was, 
Um, the only thing that's coming to my mind right now is I've gotten into jujitsu and I've done that since uh, almost like two and a half months. So I started in November last year. And so I saw a dude create like, you know, who created a technique, step through it. And I think that that was the most um, cool content. I mean, or I could just go to like, you know, talk about the classes where, you know, the uh, basically the guy who runs it who's um uh, a black belt like a just an animal uh he goes through techniques and i think those are super cool so i would say that is my most like you know the coolest piece of content i've seen right How about on you? well oh for me um yeah i wasn't expecting to get that question back what um <laughs> so yeah i was just gonna segue us out of this one but uh if my piece of cool content that I witnessed this week was, uh, I've just been working on like learning to code. Um, so I've just been using an app and, you know, being refreshed on how to make arrays and console logs and grab data from other sources. It's just been, you know, fun to learn the back end of things and kind of find out you know, what applications I can apply the, that learning to. It's always been cool. Um, and then other than that, nothing too crazy, you know, just trying to find something cool each and every week and maybe, and we'll share it with you guys or let us know what you found. That was cool. It's Jordan's learning jujitsu techniques. I'm learning how to code. It's always a fun time. Always try to push yourself. And with that being said, we appreciate you guys this time. We thank you for your support. Jordan, any final words? So um, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to take this to the next level as far as our relationship goes. So the one way that you can benefit yourself and us is to reach out, um, give your thoughts, give your ideas on either topics that we should do or want to do uh, or want us to do and um also, you know, just let us know how we're doing. Uh, that would be great. Uh, it would be amazing. And also, it just makes your day better when you get a little bit of a boutcast because we're going to be that much sharper thanks to you guys. And so I would leave it at that. And then also a big thank you. All right, guys. Catch you later. Peace.